welcome to another episode of Growler Garage. I am here alongside Alex, who you've met a few weeks ago, as well as Evan, who's a new guest over here on the show. Um, both Porsche as well as just car enthusiasts in general. Uh, of course, producer Matt over there on the ones and twos. Hello. And we got a little bit of background audience. Right now, it's just John, but um, Ashley and Kaylee will probably be in the background. So hopefully, you'll hear lots of laughter, tears, good times, bad times. Um, maybe they'll read a book or something, but we'll we'll see. Um, but um. You know, we're, we're going to talk about a lot of very, very fun things today, but a lot of it might be Porsche-centric. So if you're a Porsche hater, um, just go ahead and just tune out this week. Um, or maybe not, because we might hate on some Porsches. We might talk about the Porsches that suck, and you might agree with us. So um, it, it should be fun for the whole family. Uh, this week, we have all kinds of different beer on the table. Um, I'm drinking the Bootleggers um, Old World Half, as, as you guys have noticed, is kind of a trend of mine. This is like four days old, so it's flat, but I'm finishing it off. Um, it's, so. fl- it's flat adjacent. There's still a little <laughs> bit left, right? Either way, it sounds gross. <laughs> um, and uh, Evan's drinking what, Mississippi Mud. Yeah. So it's a, like a black and tan in a bottle. Uh-huh. That's kind of quite Pretty a mixed bit. for us lazy people. How is that? Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's like know. a mini growler. It is. Trader like Joe's it. special. Okay. Right on. Mind if I take yeah, a look at this? Go for it. Ooh, it's got an alligator on it. I'm trying to see what the what the percentage is on this. Doesn't want to tell me. That probably means it's like 40. Yep. 40. Anyways, dating back to the 18th century in England. I like it. Nice. And then um, Alex is drinking some kind of ginger beer or something. Hollows and Phantom. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I'm drinking water because that... <laughs> right. That's well, your beer. <laughs> let's just say... What are we saying? That the water tastes better. <laughs> you don't like the ginger beer? Please don't take it personally. Okay. I appreciate yeah. the thought. We well, can get you some you milk. Hey, you brought you brought the beer for him. I, yeah, I had to, happened to stop on the way from work. So. And I do appreciate it. Normally, I, I bring the beer for everybody. Um, and it, it it's not that expensive, but it does start to add up. <laughs> for somebody whose wife isn't working right now, she's trying to become a teacher. So we're trying to live off one income. So that being said, buy some shirts. Yeah, please buy some shirts. Um, so, um, wait, wait. You sell shirts? Growler Garage shirts? We sure do. Oh, that's Ashley. I didn't recognize somebody walking into my house. This is literally my garage, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, Growler Garage isn't just a slogan. It's the truth. Um, we have Growler Garage shirts. Uh, they say Growler Garage on them, or they say burnouts and burnouts and burnouts and burnouts, because uh, that's all there is in life. Um, some 11s yeah. No. Oh. We should make a frunk shirt. Frunk. Oh, front trunk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just make a shirt that just says 11. 11. Like a stylized 11, maybe with a car doing like some kind of crazy cursive burnout. Let's do it. All right. Well, we're going to work on that later. I think there's a shirt that says beers and gears on it, too. Oh, there is. Yeah. We yeah. made more than one shirt. Yep. For our three fans. Please buy shirts. Please. My, my parents have bought shirts. Sure did. Don't you want to be cool like my parents? I think they're the only people that have bought shirts. Yeah. No, I think. It's early days. Thank you. Well, yeah, other than your episode, all of our other friggin' view counts are like four, so <laughs> you got us like 600 people or some craziness. Hopefully this one's right up there, too. Hopefully you have a lot of friends like Alex does, and I hope they're not all the same people. They're, they're mostly the, <laughs> same, they're the people. same people, but it's okay. They'll watch two episodes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the guy, I, just, I was trying to think about it. You look like the guy from uh, Step Brothers, um, the Catalina wine mixer guy. Um, what's his name? The older brother of Will Ferrell's character. <laughs> What's the actor's name? <laughs> the guy. What is it? John C. Reilly, right? No, 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 no. The, the guy that's also in Parks and Rec. His full brother in the movie. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's in Parks and Rec. I forgot yeah. his name. He's been on everything. He's been on Drunk History. Yeah. You look like him, whatever that actor's name is. It's a compliment. I'm sure I have no idea who you're talking I'm about. I'm sure he does well with the ladies. 
Um, we also have beer glasses on the website. Who cares? Um, so I wanted to start with a topic that I feel like you guys would both have strong opinions about. And uh, this is something I've wanted to talk to people about for a little while, but most people don't know what I'm talking about. So I really hope you guys don't leave me hanging on this. But it's, it's this kind of recent trend that there's been with sports cars and even sport bikes and all kinds of stuff that's unexpected being having this like utilitarian trend to it or this look of looking like it could be a zombie apocalypse type of car or <laughs> and people have been doing it's like 911s to ducatis where it's like oh it's an off-road ducati when all they did is strap on freaking knobby tires and spray paint it flat gray and then there's 911s where they're lifted a little and they have the roof racks on them and um 911s kind of work more because they actually are a good rally car. Mm-hmm. So well, I know that they've run Dakar with. Well, it's been a while, but they did yeah. run the Dakar with some 911s. At some well, that, point. that was the first race that 911 won was uh, Monte Carlo. Is that true? In 1967. Okay. So, what do you think about these these modern Porsches though, which are obviously not quite an off road car? What do you guys think about those things? Where there's the group of people that are that are even selling stuff like that, right? Well, I mean, Tuttle runs a modern like a nine nine seven. Yeah, they're in Europe. Car. Europe guys run nine nine six and nine nine seven GT threes. Uh, I think they had. A, there's a new class yeah, for right. uh, WRC, which is for rear wheel drive cars. Okay. Oh, I didn't that know that. They're building. Um, see now, there's GT. But I think GTN something. Do you think it's well, see, there's that, but then there's the ones that people drive on the street that it's kind of like the the SUVs where it's like, oh, I can go off roading, but they never really do. Well, so it's, it's kind of two it's different. It's called things. a Cayenne. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that car saved Porsche, so let's cut it some slack. <laughs> I think I think technically the Boxster. I think saved I think it was a little Porsche, bit of both, but, but the Boxster is another car that's a little bit. It's pretty unloved by a lot of Porsche enthusiasts, and maybe you guys are people. Oh, I know you don't Including hate Boxsters. Me. You love your Boxster. Stop it. Alex races a it's spec It's what Boxster. a Miata should be. <laughs> I guess. It's a Miata with some more power, really, but... And, and handles better. Okay. All right. I haven't done either car on a racetrack, so I can't attest I, to that. I've only driven a Miata around a parking lot, but... Okay. I know a guy that went from a spec Boxster race car to mm-hmm. a spec Miata, or the MX-5 cup car. Mm-hmm. And he said the Boxster handles way better. Really? It's interesting. Well, I mean, what the Boxsters, like I said, is there's a lot of 911 people who don't like them. I don't know why that is. I know that they kind of came out right when water cooling be, really it's started taking off. But boring to drive. Really? A car that handles that good is boring to drive? Well, it just... Because it doesn't want to throw you into a tree or what? It does what you tell it. <laughs> it's not trying to kill oh, no. you. Heaven forbid. It's not trying to kill <laughs> who, you constantly. Who wants, you know, you, 9-11, the fun of a 9-11 is, you know, you not only have to drive well, but you're fighting the car the whole time. Uh-huh. You know, to really get a good lap in a 9-11, I mean, you're, you're driving the car. Mm-hmm. Boxster, you just, you know, don't go in way too fast and don't get on the gas way too early and even if you do you just kind of go sideways and nothing bad happens alex your thoughts i go sideways a lot in mine and bad things always happen (laughs) you 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 go off track but you don't go off track backwards (laughs) no that's true well no i've gone off track backwards but his point is well taken all i'm saying is that i managed to fully rotate boxes quite often now is it a porsche my dad used to tell me this all the time when i was racing carts and he um he worked for i don't know if it was porsche club of america or porsche owners club he was on the board of directors of one of the two in the 70s um he used to always i'm wondering if he got this saying from porsche people but whenever i was racing carts 
Um, if I went off track, he'd come back and, and always make fun of me and be like, oh, are we doing some agricultural racing? Mm -hmm. Is that a Porsche thing? Do people well, do that? no, I think that's just a racing well, thing. Well, I've never heard anybody the, else the, say the, Porsche, really? the Porsche's Owners Club gives out an award every year called mm -hmm. the John Deere Award <laughs> uh, for who went, who went farming the most. That's pretty strong. I didn't um, know that. But there, there's, you know, it's actually a trophy you kind of want to win because there's some pretty yeah. good names on there. Yeah, really? But a lot of it, there are at least three people who have been who have been LMS drivers on that list. Oh, really? Yeah, so. Anybody super notable? Like anybody that the kids at home would know? Doug Barron. I don't think they're super notable, yeah. but Doug Barron, Galen Beaker, and I think Robert Rodriguez is on there. Who else is on the, there? Isn't Robert Rodriguez the one who directed uh, Grindhouse? No, it's a different Robert oh, Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much anybody kind of fast at some point gets that trophy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Speaking of LMS drivers, we had one go out to uh, Cal Speed a couple weeks ago. It was racing out there in the Super Series with us. And um, my wife, Kaylee, who races out there, got into it with uh, one of the factory Corvette drivers named Eric Kieran. And uh, she, she doesn't know or care who any, any of these people are. <laughs> so she gets out of the car, and I see her with these exaggerated hand gestures as she's in the face of this guy that's like a foot taller than her. And she's like, just getting upset and she comes over to me and she's like that guy in that wheeler whaling suit and i said whaling you know on the back the, as they do um and she's like that guy's a that guy's a moron I'm like that guy makes a lot of money being a professional sponsored well, chevy driver <laughs> and i was so happy we like, should talk about pro drivers because they're yeah. i i don't know i spent quite a bit of time trying to break into that mm -hmm. industry and uh i don't know I'm not convinced there are many people that are pro drivers that actually are making a lot of money. Doing well, that's that. probably a fair point. That's me saying he makes a lot of money is probably not true, but um, <laughs> he might be one of the few that does decent. Well, let's let's rewind a little bit, and hopefully our viewers know a little bit about Alex's background. And if you don't, go watch his episode and come back for us. We'll we'll give you a couple seconds. All right, tell us about your background a little bit. Like, what's your racing? Um, pedigree like what did you grow up watching racing did you race carts or cars or anything growing up or was it something you found as an adult well i started out racing boats so that's oh. that's my background i i started uh doing sailing races when i was six okay wow um, all right so you know there's the go-kart prodigy children that was not me i was in a little sailing dinghy doing about four miles an hour and so but were you by yourself or was there like yeah other? oh yeah. wow yeah. And may I just say, it's amazing to watch him sail. I watched him sail this tiny little, I don't know what it was, 12-foot sailboat, and he wielded it like it was just a pen he was riding with. It was, it was the well, most extraordinary When you're going thing. eight miles an hour or less, it's pretty easy to keep things under control. I understand, but you did it so effortlessly. It was amazing. <laughs> did you say he wheeled a sailboat? Yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain That's it, but like to, to watch sailed. him. He sailed a sailboat. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, I used the word wheeled specifically because it's literally like... The way he can play with it and, and manipulate it so effortlessly, and, it was and incredible. The sentence point, without context. Is to that point, I think it helped when I switched to cars. Because okay. sailboats don't, you know, when you, when you corner in a sailboat, they don't track around a corner in one mm -hmm. line. I mean, you're sliding the thing. So slip angle, if you, know, you, know, if you, get, if you start out on a boat, you know, you've got slip angle down. Yeah. That seems more complicated than getting a car around a truck. It's just a lot slower. Well, I mean, do you ha you don't have clear like boundaries of where you're going necessarily? We well, you have you? things you're supposed to go around, and you know you don't want to okay. go around them with, you know, a lot of extra room, and, and you you don't really call it apexing in sailing, but you you ask. think about you know which you want to be on the you know basically backside the mark, okay, or depending on where the you know where you're going after that, there are 
you know, they want to kind of corner around the front side or the back so side. So there is or, some sort of racing line. Oh, it, definitely. Okay. And it's a lot more strategic because, you know, a sailboat, you got to go upwind. And some of them to go downwind, you know, straight downwind isn't fast. So you're always zigzagging your way around. Um, so strategy is a big part of it. Okay. Because passing, you know, unless whoever you're racing is terrible, mm-hmm. there's, you know, boats pretty much go the same speed. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, most of the passing is done on, on strategy, which kind of translates to cars. All right. Well, tell us about when you started racing stuff with an engine. So I always want, thought I wanted a Volkswagen Bug, and my dad thought that was a terrible idea because he'd had several. So when I was 12, he's he... He's right and wrong. He For my 12th, 12th birthday, he dragged home a uh, 73 914. Yes! Outstanding. It's like a bug, but a little better. And uh, like any good 914 owner, you can't have one. Right. So a parts car followed that one yep. uh, shortly. And then, you know, spent the next uh, four, well, three and a half, four years combining the two cars. Mm-hmm. It was going to be my first car. And then, mm-hmm. you know, slowly realized that a 1,900-pound sports car was probably not a great choice as a first car. So that was going to be a street car, your first street car. Yes. Okay. And now, did two, that have the 1.8 liter in it, being a 73? Or did it have uh, well, two? I I went through four motors. Okay. There might so, sounds like there's stories there. there too. There's a lot of stories. Um, <laughs> turns out that you know, if you take a car that has a 5400 RPM redline, and then rebuild it and rev it to 8,000, <laughs> they don't live very long. That sounds like the scene from Days of Thunder. <laughs> when he's starting to explain why the engine blew up, he's like, when that little needle says 9,000 RPM, that's bad. <laughs> Same thing. You should have watched well, Days it, of Thunder. It got to the point, I mean, I had, the, the, the fourth iteration of the motor was a full-out race motor. Okay. Did you, where did, how long ago was this? Uh, well, it'd be, I guess, like 10 years ago I sold okay. it. Okay. So, early 2000s? Yeah. So yeah. was that a um, so was that something where you pieced it together the the parts for the engine or did you get a complete kit for well, something I, like Jake Raby or when something? When I bought the car, it had a, a 1915 in it, which would be the 1.7 or 1.8 motor with some 96 millimeter pistons. Right. Um, so the first couple motors stayed with that basic architecture, and then every time I blew it up, it'd get you know more porting of the cylinder heads or okay. bigger camshaft yeah. or something while it was apart. And then finally, uh, senior year of high school, I uh, burnt down a couple pistons pretty good. It's pretty easy to do, actually. And I was like, okay. So I dropped the motor off at Fat Performance yeah. in uh, Orange. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those, while it was apart things, it's like, we can put a two liter crankshaft in it for 350 bucks. I was like, it's a good deal. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> do it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, but you need new rods and right. then you need different pistons and, you know. Yeah. So, and then, you know, it's like, well, I got to change the exhaust system. and Sure. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of got out of control. But the last motor was about 160 horsepower. That's pretty wild. 20. What, what are they stock? Uh, uh, the 1.8. Well, was, the two liter is 90 at the crank. Wow. Yeah. And the one point eight, what seven eighty, I think, and the one point seven seventy five some, or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. They kept. They made it the one seven and the one eight. Kind of put out similar numbers. It's just the one eight has a little bit more smog on it. I want to say. Uh, they it's changed the fuel injection. Out. Okay. Yeah, they all have that the Bosch mechanical fuel injection, which is 
everybody I know who makes them any kind of quick gets the, rid of it. You ran twin Webers, I'm guessing. I had yeah, two Weber forties. Okay, which were terrible. <laughs> that was the the first and last carbureted car I'll ever own. <laughs> <laughs> my um, my nine fourteen ran the best when it had a a two. What is happening? It's like World War Two over there. Shut up. I think that'll solve it. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. Filming a show. Um, Need a sign. <laughs> Feel me good progress. Make as much noise as possible. Neighbors already hate me. I have too many party, parties here. Um, my 914 ran the best when I had a, a um, what did they call it? It was like a two-barrel, but it wasn't a normal two-barrel. It was oh, like a, oh. one of the oh, progressive car. Oh. Uh, like Those Ford, are supposed to uh, run terrible. I never uh, had one. It, ra- it was slow, as you can believe, but it was so the consistent. Long, long intake runner yeah. is supposed well, to be a Well, one of the idea. carbs worked really well. Well, well, no, that was before I changed it. I had you realize that carburetor is off a of Pinto. Oh yeah, I love Pintos. Pintos are are it. More I'm, Pinto engines race every weekend than anything else. I believe it. That two liter. Where do you get that kind of information from? Guys, I it read it somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Big trailer. But it, that, kill me for that block is used mm-hmm. in. Oh Everything. yeah, the two liter and the two point three uh, inline four, the, the Lima motor, I think it's called. Especially the overhead cam one is actually yeah. a really capable motor, and it, they're friggin' bulletproof. There's a Cosworth twin cam head you can put on too, right? Yeah, I've heard. I know a lot of people put the Volvo two point five, which somehow happens to bolt on, which because everybody just copies each other. I guess it just blows That's my why mind. Why we have one fourteen point three lug patterns on Japanese cars <laughs> because they just took a Chevy and. Right. Didn't even bother converting metric. Just 114.3. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my 914 came with Twin Webers. I think it was Twin Weber 44s because somebody was stupid. It was a 1.7. Nothing performance done to it. And they put those on it, but they did not work. And I can ne- I rebuilt those carbs time after time after time. And there was something wrong with you, the you carb You had itself. a 1.7. That well, was that, wrong. Well, we started to build a 2 liter that we were actually designing um, a turbo to go on to. Well, not designing the turbo, making the turbo fit, I should say. Yeah. Um, and we had everything to do it, and then I just, we, it ended up being one of those things where I ended up selling the car before we finished it because I needed the money. So I never, never knew what it ran, but Fat helped us design it, and a few other places. It's fat, or I've had a couple other motors built by them since then, and yeah, they do good stuff, and I didn't want to spend like for like a hundred and thirty horsepower engine from. The biggest guy at the time was Jake Raby. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, he was charging like seven grand for a 130 horsepower engine. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> no His thanks. stuff's always been. Is he uh, the guy? Is he the guy who's building the one point, the 4.1 liter? He is the guy. Yeah. He's building a 4.1 liter what? Air-cooled engine. For a six, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. six. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, all, if he's doing all, it out of a four. For, then, for people to know, it's an all-bore 4.1 liter. Yeah, how big are the pistons? Uh, One oh six point seven. That is, I'm trying to think. That is somewhere in line of like a three ninety six big block Chevy. It's somewhere in that neighborhood. They're big. That is that is for a seventy six stroke. They're really big. <laughs> Probably. Jeez. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and he's putting it in a nine oh four. Yeah, I is? think so. Which is going to be really light. Eh, yeah. This car is going to. That car. I don't know. The concept of a really light car and then a torque monster engine doesn't really work for me. It seems like it would be insane. You know, well, generally you kind of, if you have a light car, you don't need torque. Well, I mean, having really short stroke, it should theoretically be relatively low torque, right? I mean, unless it's well, different than a V8 in some kind of way. Any of these, you know, as you probably, well, I guess you never got yours running, but no. <laughs> any of these are uh, cylinder head limited 
So right, yeah. you keep putting more and more displacement in it, and it just makes a fatter torque curve. Well, you don't actually make any more horsepower, really. It just kind of, once you flow the cylinder head out, you, you really... I'm not assuming, making any more horsepower. I'm assuming this is on an overhead cam. Yeah, six, sing, right? single okay. overhead cam. Okay. They're all air-cooled stuff, single overhead cam. Okay. All right. Well, that's, um, that, uh, I mean, that sounds interesting. I didn't know, excuse me, I didn't know they were making them that huge now. I mean, obviously, I know three and a half liters, 3.6, whatever, but I didn't know they are up to four liters now. Well, you can go, I mean, the biggest in theory, I guess you can go is like 4.3 mm-hmm. if you get the four liter crankshaft. Mm-hmm. Out of a, you know, the nice thing about Porsches is they're kind of like Legos. It's <laughs> like 40 years of cars that mm-hmm. a lot of the parts are sort of interchangeable. I'm amazed yeah. by that. I'm amazed how many parts. I guess Subarus are kind of that way. Well, yeah, and any and most American cars um, are. The problem is they got worse and worse as time went on. So it's like, for example, like my Chrysler, like that they use that engine. This is a 75. That engine was available from 73-ish up through... Gosh, when did they switch over the Dakotas from being gear body style to the next one? Ninety nine, two thousand. The square body. No, you like years to the next one, the one that got the big chin on it. Oh, that was that was like oh seven that they switched to the nasty ones. Okay, well the three sixty was available at least through the early two thousands from well, uh, Chrysler. You, and you got something that works, I guess. <laughs> you know, Chevy still Although, does it. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if the three sixty is really known for being a great performance engine. It, it is from a standpoint of see the problem with it is that scares most people away is that it is a um, it's a cast bottom end, so it's externally balanced no matter what you do. Um, granted, the Magnum engines, like the later ones, the fuel injection ones, are not that way. But like mine is a cast bottom end. And uh, um, that scares people away, which, so what? You You buy an aftermarket crank and it goes away. Or, you know, if you don't put boost to it, it's probably okay. Yeah, and most people don't boost their old cars anyway, so it's like, it's just, it's just like um, all the, all the the big three have their kind of redheaded stepchild engines, and the 360 is not necessarily that for Chrysler, it's probably the 400 big block that everybody forgets about, but it's the same thing as the 340, both 20 more cubic inches, and 340 is kind of known as the small block. Give me the 20 extra cubic inches. Yeah. I'll, if it's built, you know, if it's built the same, the 360. I've always liked st- short stroke motors better. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't had one, but at some point I want a, a 302 Chevy because it'd yeah. just be fun. Yeah, I mean. Or I've I, kind of been trying to figure out if you can build a short stroke LS motor, like take a 4.8 I'm sure bottom you, end and put. I'm sure you could. I, I'm sure. I don't know if anybody's done it, but. Or you just get an LSX block and you can do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, you can do anything you want on it. But yeah, I mean, building like a. 75 8000 rpm limited you know if it was able to rev that high well i mean sure if you're made of money you can go higher than that but (laughs) i've I've always built myself on a budget so i don't know anything about six changing valve springs and you know put some good push rods in it yeah as long as you can get good valve springs and you get heads that'll flow it so some titanium valves and any any brock head really will flow it so or any and really any aluminum aftermarket head will do it but um so tell us so we kind of got off topic there but yeah. so you were racing boats you got the 914 and it's, is that what led you into so like, so Porsche? the idea was you know my dad was kind of concerned about giving a 16 year old a quote-unquote sports car right with um, two-digit horsepower yeah <laughs> well at, at the time that motor probably made 120 that's actually like you know what that doesn't sound like a lot but in a 914 that would move the gearing short enough him it's a quick car but even even with the big motor in it you know, 130. It's that's it. Mm-hmm. It's all she wrote. It's about 130, which right. You know, 
in you can a, still get yourself into a decent amount of trouble at oh, I got miles it. an hour, it's, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I come to find out. So anyway, so he got me into autocrossing. So mm-hmm. two days after I turned 16, I did my first autocross in cool. the car. All right. And that, you know, that was the beginning of the end of uh, sailboats. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. And everything else, I and, would say. Yeah, I kind of basically <laughs> spent, uh, you know, well, I guess better part of eight years just okay. 100% racing. What do you drive now? Uh, well, I have a 3 Series, old 3 Series BMW cool. is my daily car. All right. Do you have a weekend car or a nice I car? I currently have a 1975 911 that's in... About as many pieces as you can have one. <laughs> I, uh, in I, multiple sheds in his backyard. It's <laughs> awesome. I made the mistake. You know, I, I worked for a Porsche shop for, for okay. a few years and, you know, made the mistake. It it, it drove in to the oh, shop. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then and never left. It kind of exploded. <laughs> you know, I was like, ooh, we can do this and we can do that. And uh, it has, it's basically a tube frame car at this point. Okay. <laughs> um, there's like 220 feet of chromoly in it oh my god <laughs> that's a lot of tube yeah i think it works out at like 14 point it, it's it's one connection point shy of nasa's definition of a tube frame car yeah <laughs> it's the most amazing uh cage i've ever seen in my life hands down so um, yeah the fabricator that we used uh He's actually the guy that's been doing all our uh, roadkill stuff lately okay guy in huntington beach and uh amazing fabricator i mean his mm. you know best roll cages i've seen this guy okay you know, he's not fast <laughs> well you know or you know doesn't answer his phone all the time but that's kind of the way fabricators go as <laughs> any, most of you probably know any kind of artist you know yeah yeah so you know it's maybe if you take his estimate and and triple the time you might see it at that point but i think he did he did a half cage for me um and it was I think five months. Oh my god! Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was a, worth it. He's wow. awesome, and and it looks amazing. But man, you have to be patient. Very patient. Wow. We um we did a roll cage once when I was racing circle track. We were racing an '84 Mustang SVO, uh, which the was, turbo the, four cylinder one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that had the. So what's funny is Those that are had supposed a, to be the best ones. They are because it's funny because the the GT at the time the five liter. Had smaller no. brakes, and four lug wheels. Didn't make any horsepower anyways? No, yeah. The I think the SVO was rated 170 or something, which was... And the V8 made 195? If that. In reality, the four-cylinder would outrun the 5-liter the all day. Bigger brakes, adjustable conies from the factory. And it's funny because all you got to do is up the boost a few pounds on the SVO, and uh, you can get the power pretty high, and it'll, it'll take the boost. You got to do a couple little things if you go too high with it, but you can pretty safely boost them 16, 17 from the factory. And... Um, a lot higher than that on the bot stock bottom end. You just gotta. I've heard guys pushing like thirty through them, but yeah. I assume there's some yeah. other. There's a few little things that the stock turbo doesn't like to do. That you usually put a turbo off a of Cummins turbo diesel, um, which is fun. <laughs> but um, we didn't. You know, obviously it was circle track racing, so we were pretty limited on our rules with what we could do. Um, but we did a cage in that, and it took us about a week, and we ended up missing the first race because we just ran out of time because we we drove the car can, into the garage. Cage work, if you, to do a really nice job and fit everything tight and... Yeah, and ours, our cage work, I'd say, was okay, but it compared to everybody else's, it was gorgeous. Well, I, <laughs> it was I, so did a, good. I did a lemons race once, yeah. and that, that was an eye-opener. Yeah. Did you see some stuff that probably shouldn't have been on track? Well, the way I describe it is the car, I, I just bought a seat and the friends had built a car. Uh-huh. We were the, the team Flailing Lizards. 
Which is a twist on flying lizard. Yes, I'm sure. yes. Yeah. It was a what are ZX two, ZX three, Ford Probe, oh, or man. Ford Escort. I don't know the late nineties Ford front wheel drive product. It's probably an Escort. Yeah. John knows about escorts a little bit. And it uh, was dressed up to look like a Porsche 935. That's a, Is that I, what it was? I couldn't recognize it. That, that it was, was the intent. Rough. It had some Boxster headlights. Did you uh, put like some, a plywood body kit on it? Uh, it, had a, it had a Porsche GT3 wing upside down hanging off the front as a splitter. Like a legitimate like Porsche GT3 it wing? It came off a wrecked car at the track. You know, it was one that, that broke off a GT3 that backed into the wall. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I have absolutely nothing. But the way I describe it is, you know, they have drum brakes in the back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, auto adjuster was clearly not working. So, mm-hmm. you you know, if you backed it up in the pits to get the rear drums so that they would actually do something, take about three laps for them to unadjust themselves, and then the pedal just go to the floor. <laughs> so we started the race with a car that you get three laps, and then you, you sort of stopped, but uh-huh. not with any degree of confidence. <laughs> And the gearbox popped out a fifth. Uh-huh. But you don't it wasn't really fast enough to But you right. and you were a button willow. Uh Thunderhill. Oh Thunderhill, okay. Okay. So we started the race with questionable brakes and it popped out a fifth, which we only used during cautions to save gas. So you just held it into fifth. <laughs> That's how we started the race. That is so funny to me that in eleven race you're putting it in fifth to save gas under did yellow. You, did you did you finish? Did, did well, the car finished? We finished. Okay. Um, wow, okay. It got down to the point that we had to come in about every five laps, top of the power steering fluid. <laughs> wow. You, you, uh, you'd think at a certain point you would just bypass the hose and say, "Hey, we did develop the forearms." We didn't know and weren't willing to risk, you know, because it's a serpentine belt car. Oh, you thought you were going to toss the belt? Whether it had a sealed bearing in it or not, and we decided that. We, Fair. you know, we didn't, we could come in every few laps and just put more fluid in it. It had a nice streak all down the side of the car. Yeah, I was going to say that we, what we probably would have done was have like a, a tube, you duct tape on, hose, funnel in the car. That, keep that the they might have black flagged you for. Oh, really? They wouldn't let you do that? Fluid running down the side of the car, that was totally fine. <laughs> but having some in the car with you would fluid just. Fluid running no, from no. the cockpit into the motor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you get X-tubes and stuff, somebody might have seen that and gone, nah. That's hilarious. That lemons need to have a certain level of professionalism. Okay, we can't that's have right. only power. three cars caught on fire. <laughs> that's that's actually that's pretty respectable. Good. And one that's of them was a BMW that was wearing a kilt. <laughs> and hold, on, I, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. You, you mean the drivers are wearing kilts? No, 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 no. The car. It was some was sort that? of Scottish themed BMW car, like you oh do. Oh my god! And uh, I think the kilt got too close to the exhaust system, so it was <laughs> like kilt caught on fire. It was like a full blown like piece of fabric wrapped. It was, it. yeah, it was That's plaid fantastic. plaud fabric kind of hanging that, around that the is whole some, did active that a, Yeah, did it have aerodynamic advantage? That's the real question. It'd be pretty draggy, I would think, yeah. having fabric flapping down the side of your car. <laughs> It always makes me laugh. Like, if you ever got into like a figure eight race at Irwindale or anything, and there's always the one car. Do they have a motorhome one? I kind of want to do that. that one. Not at Irwindale, but some short tracks do. And I, I highly recommend they it. They do whenever you're at the, the most at fun the races to watch. Yeah. Orange Show still, still has some redneck going to it because Orange Show came back, and I love that. Um, the but safety of that's coming. Oh, yeah. No, we, I, we, we saw a trailer race one time. I'll get back to that. Um, no, so, it was the train race that was the best. Yeah, one. yeah. Trains, the train, oh the train race. It's not what you're thinking. Let oh. me get back to that. So, every, this, every time you go to a figure eight race at Irwindale, you have to understand that figure eight racing has no rules. So they bring these really wild race cars that are full. Like They start as like a super late model, but then they end up with like eight or 900 horsepower. And, I mean, they have 10-inch wide slicks on the back that they can spin at will in third gear. Like, 
it's gnarly. But there's always the one jackass who has like a 30-foot American flag sticking out the roof of his car. America! And, and try it's not, taking it's not like, a Confederate flag. Well, sometimes. Maybe if you go a little farther south. Depends on the state. Not in California somewhere. Yeah, if you go farther south here, it becomes a Mexican flag. But that's yeah. not a story. Um, so, but think about like if you hold like a towel outside the window of your car on the freeway. Oh, yeah, yeah. How hard that is to hold on to. Yeah. Imagine that like times 30 on the roof of your car when you're racing. And these people are like, that's yeah, fine. But um, it's like a parachute. Oh, easy <laughs> for sure. Even though it's in a straight line, it like if, air you, yeah, if you roll it, it turns into a jousting pole. Fair. <laughs> that was. <laughs> now I have a new dream in life. I want to see that. Uh, so we were at we, Matt and I when we were probably twelve. I was reaching mm-hmm. the mini stock at the time. Yeah, um, we were down in El Cajon. If you guys remember or know of that old short track. This, um, let me preface this by this was the most horrific accident i've ever seen oh yeah ever no doubt so what it was it's a figure eight race but it's what they call a train race so there's three cars connected to each other yeah Yeah. no they're like tubed together but the brakes are only in the back car right yes so it was this dude up front and his wife was driving the rear car where she has the brakes and he has the throttle and the steering if i'm not mistaken yep the middle car is empty so she is in a no the middle car is a 240z um, mm-hmm. And then he's in like a Lincoln and she's in like a this Cadillac is, this or something. This is before 240Zs got expensive. I guess. This was probably 1999, 2000. Okay, yeah. So it was still kind of one of those things where we saw it and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but we were, it was whatever. That car was pretty, pretty toasted. So it's a middle car. It's just there to roll is all it is. So they want the littlest, lightest thing they can get. So anyways, we're standing on top of the pickup truck that we were towing the trailer with just outside, like turn through. We're on the back straightaway mm-hmm. uh, on the back stretch, just watching a figure eight race where they have these, these cars connect to their a train of three cars. So you guys have probably been to figure eight races. Whenever somebody gets close to hitting, they lift off the gas, they hit the brakes, they do what they need to do to miss them. Oh no, not this one. No, <laughs> this person sees <laughs> that they're about to hit the front car. So they kind of lift, I think, but they forget there's two more cars behind it. So they hit the Z in the middle right in the passenger door. Yep. The car splits in half and the back half of the middle car and the rear car just begin to tumble down the tr- down the infield of the track. Like it must have flipped seven or eight times. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really, really an bad. enormous accident considering they're going maybe 60 miles an hour, maybe. But it makes you think like, they're going freeway speed. Like and every, they, everyone was wondering if if the lady in the back car survived. Oh, we were like, sure. And they, they have we were sure. sketchy roll cages. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we don't know that exact car, but you got to imagine, you know, El Cajon in 1999. Not a lot of... El Cajon now? Well, it's a parking <laughs> lot now, but... Have <laughs> you ever been to the city of El Cajon? <laughs> um, but it's... I mean, we were sure that that person died. We were positive. Yeah. We we're like, that person's dead. Like, like everyone, no everyone was silent. Just... Oh, yeah. It went from, like, everybody happy, cheering, just... Well, there's always the initial... They don't require, like, racing seatbelts and stuff like that. I mean, they probably required harnesses, and they probably required a helmet. But 95, that was, like, four-point harnesses. It probably was a four-point harness. Um, They're probably wearing a motorcycle helmet. I saw somebody racing a football helmet once. Um, (laughs) Really? Real life. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, so... Gotta save weight. It's just... What the rules were then, it's like, (laughs) a helmet, a seat, harnesses. That was pretty much normally the rule. So... Mm -hmm. It, there's always like when when an accident first happens, especially at a short track. There's always the crowd that goes yeah, and then the, when the car goes upside down or on fire or whatever in the catch fence or whatever, most of the crowd is then like oh, and then there's a few more people who are like yeah, 
yeah, fuck yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the carnage, and they're just, like, so drunk that they're just like, this America. Is, this is the close I'm going to get to being intimate with anyone tonight. So, <laughs> this is, so this is what they get excited for. And, I mean, us being 12 or 13, you know, obviously there's a certain level of, you don't think about somebody being dead. You think about that was super cool. But even we were like, oh, we were shit. like, Ooh. yeah, my brother was standing there with us and he's like, <laughs> but um, I don't really, I actually don't remember it that well, but I remember she, where we were. I remember definitely got transported. Yeah. She survived. She survived. Yeah. Um, and, but we found out that, yeah, it was, it was the guy driving's wife. I know the, uh, the horn, the, tr- cause all of these vehicles have train horns on them. Hence train. Right. Horns. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So every time, you know, they cross as, so the horn got stuck on oh. right for, yeah. for a solid 15 minutes oh, Those are, you know, <laughs> until the air tank ran out can be well over 100 decibels oh, oh yeah loud. it was yeah. loud <laughs> it was um i don't i haven't seen a train race since then do you ever go with us to orange show when did the when they did the trailer races Mm-mm. where they do a literal oval race but you have to be towing a trailer with something on it i've done i've seen the trailer race that they do at like the fair but not the one in orange at orange show, show it's cool because it's it's an asphalt three eighths or it's quarter mile oval you know and you get going pretty quick on a quarter mile oval you know you'll get up to probably 65 70 on the straightaway if you're in the, a decent car the only oval track i've done is uh at willow at mm-hmm. night when we got locked into the track <laughs> you guys went on it yeah we were doing you know we were in trucks and things but it yeah was, i think it was like 11 it was after tribute it was like 11 30 at night and then we got locked so into you the guys track. started racing your street cars on the oval so we just went out to the the oval and started going <laughs> <laughs> i watched i watched some oval racing there it was the most extraordinary thing I've there ever are seen. walls really close yeah oh yeah which when you have five people in a four-wheel drive truck <laughs> and you're doing like 80 on a dirt track sideways at night sideways it was a little interesting yeah. I, 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 we need to do something together, like us as a group. We need to. I'm going to find out when the next figure eight or w- some sort of ridiculousness race at Orange Show is, and I need you guys to go with I me. Wanna go, I want to go. If you've never been, Lemons. well, okay, but that's different. Like, have you been to a redneck short track before? Yeah, well, if you consider Willow Springs one, mm, yes. Okay, you guys need to go with me to Orange Show. Yeah, John, I'm sure has been to Orange Show. I don't or, know. Orange Show, Orange whole, like at the fairgrounds. Redneck. So it's mm. up in San Bernardino yet? Yeah, oh, oh, okay. Because they yeah. do, they do at the fairgrounds in uh, Orange, uh, Orange County Fairgrounds, Costa Mesa. Yeah. yeah. So sort of, they get like a dirt like rodeo. They, they, right they were doing uh, trailer. They're doing figure eight. Figure stuff. eight stuff. I've seen on Fox? TV where yep. they were tra- they were pulling boats. Yeah, that's trailer race. Oh, yeah, trailer race. They'll put <laughs> some people. You can tow anything it's you want. Insane. So you'll put I a mean, boat. Like <laughs> you can put a uh, somebody put an outhouse on one once. I think the, it was full. It was not an emptied out outhouse. The winning combination looked to be the little tent trailer. Yep. Yeah, because as soon as Low anybody profile. hits it, most of it falls off. Yeah, yeah it's a, all fiberglass. They had a camper demo derby. The camper demo. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna find one because Orange Show is a whole other animal. Like, have you ever heard of the the track called Bowman Gray out on the East Coast? Orange Show is the West Coast version of of that. And what I mean by that is they'll sell this place out, and it's like five bucks a ticket. Of but just, it's a huge venue. Like it's pretty the big. Are big. They'll probably fit eight nine thousand people at this Easily. track. Um, and it's a quarter it? mile. Just yeah. even when it's a legitimate circle track race, and our buddy um, that we race carts with. I don't know if you know Darren at Calspeed or not, but he races out there in one of the legitimate classes. But, I mean, people just run each other over. There are not sportsmanship rules. You can do – you talk about, like, what there, the stereotype no, no, of Dale Earnhardt is. 
no self-preservation oh no oh no there's none most of the people are probably drunk i used i grew up racing there and i so many near fights between oh my god i had a kid i had a guy that's probably 55 years old come running up to me one time when i got out of the car and then I got out, and I was like thirteen. Yeah, 13, so I'm like lower than old. like the door on the on the Mustang. And he's like, and he drops his hands, but then he kind of puts him back up because he like thought about it. And then he just storms into my trailer and starts just yelling at my dad and my brother. <laughs> and it was because so we're going down the straightaway. That that only happens at these. That seems like a normal race weekend. That sounds well, like indoor karting to me. It's kind of like the circle track version of indoor karting. Yeah. I think I've seen more near fights at K one than just anywhere. Oh man, yeah, it's the best. The lower down the ladder you get, and I mean that with all due respect to K one. Um, the lower down the ladder you get, the more seriously people take it. Like you should go to a go kart track in Glendale then, because let me tell you. Are a lot of Armenians fighting over their Mercedes? They get very serious about their egos. Producer Matt, how far are we into this? 42 minutes. Perfect. We got about 20 to go. So, um, anyways, I'm going to find a date that we're going to go to Orange Show. It's in San Bernardino. It's off Orange Show Road. I'm telling you, it's worth your time. It's a Beers great, are cheap. It's a good way to spend a Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Especially if we go to like the season finale when there's championships on the line and stuff. They do a burnout contest. Oh, they'll do anything you want. Everything. Honestly, you yell you know, loud enough, they'll do it. I don't. I don't watch any racing, but the most fun I've ever had was watching that thing at Willow. And yeah. it's funny because it was a POC event. We we did our event, and like there was nobody watching us, well, which is not surprising at all. Right. And then we went to this little dirt track, and there was like, you know. Five six hundred people there. I mean, there's and they were having the time. I I could not believe my eyes what I was watching. It was so insane. There's a reason why NASCAR is the most popular racing series in the country, maybe the world. It's because it's not based off. It's not popular because of legitimate competition. Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah, and it's really entertaining. You For know, a while NASCAR was the fastest growing sport in the world. Yeah, that was certainly a, a point, and it was the number two sport in America behind the NFL. And that's mm-hmm. those days are gone. Um, it's still the number one spectator sport because just because yeah. they're facilities so much larger than anything else but um. I, I don't know i've been i went to an nascar race at whatever they're calling it now cal speedway auto, fontana auto club, auto club well nascar whatever. now and nascar when it was super popular it's not really the same well, this was i don't know probably six years ago now but yeah. i don't know for me the best part was when one car left pit lane by itself because otherwise it was just noise yeah well, I, watching on TVs, if you actually care about the racing, yeah. is is far better. I don't I don't enjoy going to Sprint Cup races these days. It, it's just whatever to me. But I'm but like a short track, I still want to do it. The same. In, I still want to do the infield. Yeah, I mean we'll get a motorhome and just get I drunk. Have a, we have a motorhome. Okay, well let's buy tickets. Let's exactly. go. But it's in April. I wanted to do it for my bachelor party, but it didn't happen. Well, let's just go for the hell of it. I'm I'm okay with that. John, you in? Yeah. All right, Alex. How much are tickets? I'm in. An infield pass probably costs a thousand dollars. Oh, that's easy. And it'll get a, it'll include like four or five general admission tickets. So yeah. we'll have to buy a few more. So it'll, you know, probably costs a hundred bucks each. So the infield is where the party is, right? Oh yeah, because you're oh, there yeah. for the whole weekend. Yeah. So it's it, you know, I I photographed a Sebring race one year. Oh, Sebring's and, nuts! I've heard. And I I made the mistake of crossing the infield to get from one side to the other. And I can tell you, I saw things that you just cannot see. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. And they, there was they, they, these guys build camps, and literally, there's people running around naked, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like totally out of their minds. Like, 
it, it was insane. And it's, people people are driving all sorts of crazy vehicles. That, yeah, you the, know, the infield of an automobile race is basically insane. international waters. Yeah, it's insane. And then <laughs> and there were pieces of race car. Somebody somebody crashed, and people jumped and yeah. got the pieces <laughs> of the car, and they had them. I mean, it was insane, and there were bonfires. I mean, it was, it was, it was like a third world country. Yeah, no, clearly it's I been mean, a while since you've been to a college frat party. Well, yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, I've always there's, there's always the stories about Talladega, you know, NASCAR. You know, it's the biggest, fastest track, whatever. It's in Alabama. I've always heard Talladega is like you have to do it at some point. Not even if you're a racing fan. It's just a ridiculous, oversized party, and like. I've always wanted to take a motor home. I'd probably fly into like Birmingham and take a motor home from there because <laughs> I don't fuck driving out there. But um, I've always heard that that's just the most ridiculous thing in the world. Uh, and then I've got a couple of buddies, a few buddies that live in New York that go to Watkins Glen every year for what? What is it? The six hours of the Glen now? I don't. I don't know how long it is anymore. The two door race out there, and they they put they got these custom flags that look like the old school bandit logo the dude with the scarf and the cowboy hat um they call it camp hooligan (laughs) and uh they live up to their name they always send like lee diffie or somebody down there to do an interview with them and it's like there's just like (laughs) fat guys without shirts on just like dancing in the background and like they always send like the most awkward reporter they can scott pruitt seems to like make an appearance there every year and be like hi hello to my family at home um and like it's just like it just blows my mind that there's just this lunacy level that you could be doing anything you want as long as you're not hurting anybody in the infield of a race. No one gives a shit. I don't know what is going on. I can tell you. So at the end of the at the end of the weekend, I drove through there again, and I couldn't tell you how many people I saw naked who were passed out <laughs> on the sides, like just everywhere. I mean, it was insane. And the race was. I mean, the semi trucks were leaving with the race. I mean, I mean, and all these people were still there. It was. It was the most insane thing I've ever Sounds seen. Sounds kind of like the wedding I went to last weekend. What really? Wow, you go to some pretty interesting weddings. Can you tell us about the wedding? <laughs> there, there was a lake oh, and, uh, you know, clothing optional. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I went to a wedding last week and it wasn't the same one. I saw Jensen Button there. That's that, cool. that sounds like, yeah. yeah. He wasn't at the wedding. I saw him across the street at a steakhouse that started at $750 for a steak. Where were you? Where were you? What? Santa Monica. We wow. really switched gears here. Yeah, on, I know. <laughs> naked lake party wedding. $750. $750 Jensen Button steak. <laughs> you know, because it was funny. So, so did you t- ask him if he's going to be on Top Gear? You know, so it sucks because, so we're driving down looking for parking and I see a McLaren and I'm like, what is that McLaren? Like, that's not an MP412C. It's not a P1. What is it? It's that, like, in between. I don't know. What they just came five, out with a new five one. 570S. Didn't they just come like out that. with a... They've got way too many. They're like Porsche now. They're, they're getting like there. The same, but they got different numbers. Yeah, they all look really similar, and it's... I'd be kind of upset if I bought a P1, and it looks exactly right. like the car that's fifth the price. Right, yeah. So I see <laughs> this car, and it's got, like, New York plates on it, and I'm like, that's weird. So we're driving around looking for parking, and we come back around the block, and I see that car leaving, and it kind of goes by real quick, and I'm like... I'm pretty sure that was Jensen Button. And my wife and my brother who are in the car with me are like, no, it wasn't. Why would he be here? I'm like, because that, the USGP is next weekend. He's probably on vacation. And they're like, no, no, no. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, it makes a lot of sense. Think about it. You should see if you can get him on the show. 
I didn't end up talking to him because oh. they told me it wasn't him. I was like, I'm going to follow him. And they're like, well, what are you going to say? I'm like, hi, Jensen. How you doing today? Hi, Jensen. Come on my podcast, please. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Right? <laughs> we'll, we'll go home and film it right now. And I'm like, Matt, you got to get down here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hammered drunk by that point. Right. I would have just picked you up. I got to uh, give him credit because apparently, I, you know, well, through Top Gear, I heard he sold his Veyron because... He got upset about how expensive tires were and how short a life they had. So that, that's kind of, you know, at least he drove it enough to find that out. That is, I'm, I've heard his daily drivers like one of those Mercedes AMG wagons, which those things are awesome. Yeah. Which makes me happy. That'd be my ideal <laughs> if I had if I were made of money. I'd love to have. I a think that Audi wagon. made that V10 twin turbo one. Mm-hmm. I saw one of those in London, man. That thing is sweet. Any fast wagon, like even like I, the I, only I, thing attainable here is like a Magnum, which are well kind of mm, shitty. I kind of have this dream that I want to take like a 74 Volvo wagon uh-huh. and put a turbo LS motor in it. Do it. All right. I'm, I support you. That'd be, you know, we were, I thought we were going in the same direction there. And we, I wanted to get like a, like a 68, like Plymouth satellite wagon and put right. like a modern, like five, seven Hemi, like, it's like roll gonna, cage. It's going to weigh a million pounds regardless what you do. That car if you're going to go that far, just put the Hellcat motor in it. I don't. Okay, have you seen the roadkill where they actually put the Hellcat? In? They have to put the tail lights in because it wouldn't fucking run and without like, the, and like can, all the engine support pieces from. I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I love how they like they cut the crossmember out of the charger and welded it into. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it's like the five seven so much easier, and you can for probably the same money you could probably get eight hundred horsepower out of the five seven because well, you don't got to worry about smog. But and you could put turbos on it so it will right. lower. Right, you could do it. What you know, whatever. But you know what I was gonna say is that um, this car, when you're talking about weight, my Cordoba over here, when it, when I first got it, so it's full interior, had all the smog stuff on it, still air conditioning, everything, thirty eight fifty is all that car weighed. That's all it weighed. That's not a lot you for a full all, size car. See, you put see, so all I, in front to of me, that? anything over twenty eight fifty is heavy. To me, anything like four hundred horsepower. It's not light until it's under two. Well, yeah, that car will yeah, never be exactly. light. But people talk pounds. about old American cars as if they're like so some ridiculous that, weight. You start replacing bodywork with fiberglass and yeah. carbon. I could get the car down to three thousand if I were really, really dedicated. Well, I, I, I there's a, a car. I think it's sixty eight or sixty nine. Firebird Trans Am style car, so a yeah. lot of roll cage in it. Mm-hmm. It's twenty six fifty. That's there's no there's no Firebird left there. <laughs> well, all, all of the I mean the rear I think the rear quarters are still steel, but there's probably all, a Firebird logo. All the bodywork is uh, dry carbon replica bodywork. Yeah. So the bumpers, everything you know, it has chrome bumpers, but they're carbon. But oh, they that's chrome. interesting. Mm-hmm. So it looks legit, but it's and it did a one nineteen at Willow. That's that's fast. With no wing, you know, looks like a legit Trans Am car on vintage Hoosiers. What a what kind of time would be a good goal for? I'm going to take that car to Willow at some point. I'm going to put vintage Hoosiers on and already uh, priced. Well, them well, I, do you think it should be faster or slower than a completely stock hundred thousand mile two five Boxster that makes like hundred and seventy to the wheels? A big Willow. I'm thinking I could probably take it. No. So you need to <laughs> I be. Don't think you so. need to be. You need to be <laughs> like. Sub 140 then. Okay, so in the 130 somewhere is my goal then. I did I did 138 in the car I just described. Okay, that's that's my goal then. And when I know, got a big willow. And why I say it was boring is because you you know they literally drove with one finger and <laughs> kind of took a nap. Down I'm very straight. sorry, but I, I if there's one place I would not want to be in this world is in that car going through <laughs> turn eight and nine. I'll let you know when I do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know you did eight right if you're turning left. Yeah. 
I, I've only been to Big Willow in video it, games. It's so a right hand corner. Okay. In video <laughs> games? Yeah. yeah. When you're turning left at 130 in a right hand corner, that's when you know you did eight right. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's, that let, me, let me know when you decide to do it. And the we'll good do thing it. is. Oh, that, no, it'll be on the show. The we'll good thing is it. that um, it's so heavy that if it's windy, you won't get blown off the track, which sometimes happens well, in the box. Maybe when you go, you can talk Alex into taking the Growler because yeah. mm. I've driven it around Willow, but he hasn't. All right. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll let you know. We'll do a thing about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that car until I get probably another 400 pounds out. So it'll probably be 33, And 30, a cage? I'll probably put a cage. That'll add weight Will- back to it, Willow though. was the track that made me put the cage in my 75. Mm, yeah, that is... Big Willow, pretty much, if you go off, you go upside down more no, or less, right? No, not really. No. I've seen some nah, videos. I mean, have you seen Flying Mustang Guy? No. Did he actually flip, though, technically? No, he no, he just ran through the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he is a Fox bot. You know, it's one of those American Iron NASA cars. Uh-huh. Um, so heavily modified Fox body. That's actually probably a pretty good comparison. I should probably try to beat those with my car. Well, but they got big tires and wings and things. Well, I won't have wings, but I'll have big tires. Go and on. Some of them have, you know, 500 horsepower. Mm. Apparently, he had, like, mid-2000s Cobra ABS and brakes and stuff in the car uh-huh. and dropped two wheels, and the ABS freaked out. Oh. And then he had no brakes, and he went straight <laughs> off the eight. And there's a... It, I mean, there's... I don't know, at least an eighth mile runoff on the outside of eight. You have mm-hmm. to really make an effort to hit something. I mean, <laughs> if you have control of the car, you can at least spin it out and stop. Right. But he apparently had no control and no brakes because the ABS was freaking out. Mm-hmm. And was doing, you know, 120 miles an hour across the desert until he hit the dirt berm before the cinder block oh, wall to, to the streets. <laughs> and uh, hit that, went airborne, and Duke's almost hazard. jumped the wall. It's uh-huh. an amazing video. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Please, please tell me that somebody cut in the General Lee... Dixie Horn? Dixie Horn. It was a, he didn't quite clear the wall. He basically, I think, got stuck in the middle. He, but he, he punched a pretty good sized oh hole in God. the cinder block wall. <laughs> the only other person I know that has done anything close to that is Will Mossy, who won the John Dare Award in the POC. There was that 996 that ended up in the parking Upside lot down. of streets. Yeah. Wow. Didn't Nigel Mansell wad up his Williams at Willow back in like the late 80s? I don't know. I've always heard that um, he was trying to take the final corner flat. And they kept telling him, no, you can't do it, you can't do it. Take a nine flat, you either in a really slow car or you have a lot of downforce. Well, F1 car. But it was like also 1989. I think it was the first, one of the first tests they did of the active suspension. <coughs> like two years, yeah. two or three years before they actually ran it. Um, where they, they wanted nobody to know about it, so they went to Willow. Um, well, I like, they only repaved Willow because Red Bull was bringing out right. a car for what, Tom, uh, Cruise? Tom Cruise yeah. drive. <laughs> And they did, you know, it looked pretty, but it wasn't a great repaved job, and it didn't last that well. And oh, it was, really? It was probably more Tom Cruise's doing than Web, Red Bull's I think it doing. was a more, it looked so gray and cracked that, you know, they were going to take video, and they it wasn't going to look good on camera. It cool <laughs> if it was this gray, cracked asphalt. They needed nice black. It's right. probably the like what a lot of cart tracks do, where they almost literally just paint it black. Yeah, yeah. I know of cart tracks that do that. Slurry coat, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was slow for a while and chewed up tires and. Yeah, the stuff's super gritty, and it yeah. if you have a sticky enough tire, it'll actually pull the slurry off the track, which is fun. I've seen shifter carts just yank asphalt. Well, you've probably asphalt. probably done go kart racing at Qualcomm then. No, I've oh. never ventured down that, there. That that is a nar like. There are big holes in that parking lot. Yeah, line. I know people who have gone, and there's I, I don't need to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's bad enough in a car with some sort of suspension travel. Oh yeah, I, I can just imagine. I mean, there's cart tr- there's cart tracks that beat you up, and you're like, oh, this track's so rough, and then you go and walk on it, and you're like, I don't see a problem here. Carts are just so. When there's three inch deep potholes in your racing surface, it's it's not good. Yeah, that's not good. That sounds. Um, Watched a couple cars un you know debead tires. <laughs> that's how Adam's cart track is in Riverside. Um, since they started letting cars and motorcycles and carts are there. The carts get the short end of the stick. Like, on a supermoto bike, you can't feel anything. They got a lot you know, of suspension. Well, yeah, yeah, you got 17 inches of suspension travel. Right, so they're on the same track as the carts, <laughs> and the carts, like, hit a, like, this tiniest little pothole, and your back explodes. Because the, <laughs> like, they run drift nights, like, every Thursday or something, so the 240SXs are just kicking asshole off the track. Yep. And you're just like, or they hit something, or they, or I've, I've been out there on grip nights before where people drive their stock suspension old cars and they hit the brakes so hard their front bumper hits the ground and just digs out a bit, bunch of asphalt. That's called grip night? Yeah. Okay. You gotta get hip to the lingo. Yeah, so. apparently. Well, there's drift night and there's grip night and grip night's, you know... Oh, okay, I see. It's the opposite of yeah, drift Yeah, we're not yeah. supposed to slide. Yeah. Right. Which I don't... I mean, if you're going fast, you're sliding a little bit. It's funny because... That's what I hear. I have no idea how to slide. Uh, you know, you come out of the corner and you just... I know. And, and people tell me I'm doing it but it's like I I don't know how your, to drift. Your butt dyno must be broken. Yeah, probably. A lot to get broken. it recalibrated. Yeah, I don't want to know about him recalibrating his butt dyno. <laughs> That's for another can, show. Can we end on that note? Like, are we far enough into this that you would call this a legitimate episode? Yep. All right, perfect. Really? You're gonna end on that? We're gonna end on recalibrating your butt dyno. All right. And that's also the episode name. Thank you for joining us for Growler Garage recalibrating your butt dyno episode. Thanks. I'm out. I'm not even doing the outro. I got nothing. See you guys. (laughs)